0: The following is a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. Hollywood, redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Manunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live, breaking into... Featuring in-depth interviews with today's most influential entertainment figures. Highlighting their tips, tricks, and techniques on breaking into the entertainment industry. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host of Black Hollywood Live, Breaking Into...
1: hey everyone you're watching breaking into i'm daryl kristen and here joining me is jessica king hello our very special guest today she is the vice president of diversity entertainment and communications at cbs network we have tiffany smith anawahi with us today
2: hi how are you how are you
1: Hello. fabulous
2: i'm happy to be here thank
1: you for joining us we're really excited to have you absolutely now we know you are the pr and diversity guru that you are but you started off at Howard University, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Uh, obviously a historically black university. Mm -hmm. Did you know at that time, starting off in college, that you wanted to break into the PR world, or was it something that kind of just happened?
2: Absolutely not. I really didn't. I thought, and this will show my age a little bit, but (laughs) when I first went to school, I was going to be a sports broadcaster. So I was Mm -hmm. a broadcast journalism major, and I thought I was going to be Jane Kennedy. And if anyone remembers her on those sidelines at those football games and I was able to see someone who looked like me that was talking about sports, that was my dream job. Mm -hmm. So I went into school as a broadcast journalism major thinking, hey, that's what I'm going to do. Now, we talk a lot about internships. I had my first internship with the CBS affiliate in DC. So here I am some 20 years later working for CBS, wow. Wow. which is kind of ironic. Full but circle. I had, exactly. <laughs> and I had my first internship and I got into the newsroom and I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I really freaked out because sometimes internships can tell you exactly what you want to do, yeah. but mm-hmm. other times they can show you what you don't want to do. True, and so once I was in a newsroom, I was just like, okay, so once I graduate, we're going to send me to Tumbleweed Mm Ware, and they're going to pay you $12,000 a year. I was like, oh, I guess I didn't think this one all the way out. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely didn't think that I was going to be um, a PR uh, or a publicist, if you will, uh, later on in life. So it was something that I caught on afterwards. I moved to Atlanta after I graduated because that was the thing to do. Yeah. Don't ask me why. I mean, I thought everyone thought like money was growing on trees there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. instead of coming back home because I'm a native Angelino, um, I went to Atlanta and I started working at Nike towns huh. and I opened up several Nike towns across the country. So the one in Beverly Hills, I opened up that one and doing the PR for them, getting our athletes into the store to promote that this is the best place to come for your sporting gear. So I still had that sports element, but that was my first taste into um, PR and then progressively moved on um, all the way up to where I am now.
1: Now, when you were in college, were you a communications major? Yes. And do you need to be a communications major, do you think, to kind of fall into the PR world? Or does it matter what your particular major is, and you can just Mm -hmm. kind of take that and develop it into something else later on? Or what would you suggest for someone starting off?
2: Someone starting off, I definitely think that communications would, definitely be your ground base for being a publicist, you have to know how to write. Yeah. So uh, there's a there's tr- plenty of English majors that turn out to be publicists later on in life, but communications majors really will set that foundation. And now, at most colleges and universities, there are PR majors right. now. Right. When yeah. I was in school, there wasn't a, a PR right. major. So yeah, so it was more a broad based of communications. But yes, for someone wanting to be a publicist, and really knowing what it is. When I talk to students, I tell them, be a student of the business. Sometimes it sounds great that like, oh, I'll talk to students. What do you want to do? I want to work in marketing or, yeah, publicity. What does that mean? Like, let's break that down a little bit more into specifically what that is. So I think that really being a student of the business will help you really find what you want to do.
3: Mm. At what point did you realize that you wanted to dig into the aspect of diversity?
2: I think as a diverse woman, I'm diverse, so I want to see people who look like me on television, or my mm-hmm. daughter, or my family. And so I think the diversity was always in me n- because we're diverse women and right. men. And I think that that's what it was, more so than anything. Even when I got the job at CBS, I when I first walked in, and a lot, there is a joke that no one leaves CBS. So there were a lot, like, it was amazing that someone actually left and I was able to secure that position. But when I walked in, I didn't see anyone that looked like me. Wow. And not just saying, you know, oh, I didn't see another black person. I didn't see any person any. of color at all. Wow. wow. That's, that's and actually And again, it, it was a little frightening because I walked in like, is this the communications? Like, where is (laughs) everyone, (laughs) you know? Um, But again, like I said, a lot of people have been there for a long time. We are not a huge company in the sense so turnover isn't a good thing, isn't a, um, isn't something that happens quite often. So I think that's a testament to the company. So that's wonderful that that there there. is not turnover. So that was wonderful. But I think that once I got in there, and it was also the 99-2000 season where all three networks, there were only three back then, (laughs) um, that they launched their seasons their fall seasons with not one person of color and like for series regulars, not one on three networks. So I think that when I came in, it was already a part of me already that I Mm -hmm. wanted to be right there in there. Like, how can I really make a difference within this space?
1: Right. And there's so many areas of PR, there's corporate corporate PR, there's nonprofit PR. What attracted you to the entertainment angle to things?
2: I think that I I wanted to see more of myself on television. So I think that that's what it still had that. I was a broadcast journalism major, so I wanted that was a little bit that I knew I wasn't going to be in front of the camera, but I wanted to be behind it because there's so much of what that's where the decisions are made, are really behind the camera. And so I wanted to be a part of that.
3: What are some of the steps that you suggest for someone who wants to become an executive in PR?
2: I think that one of the things is, when I was mentioning to be a student of the business, No, with social media, I always say that no one, and there's not anything that's unreachable. That you can tweet someone, you can Facebook someone, you can research in your room at night or in the morning with your phone. It's so, that the information is so accessible there. So I really think that internships are really your key into seeing, is this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. Because as you said, there's PR for everything. I'm sure that the headphones that I have on my ears right now (laughs) have a publicist, (laughs) because all it means is I'm raising the level of awareness of X, Y, and Z. So I really can't stress enough that internships are huge. And it's one of the things of really trying to secure knowing when the deadlines are. Every network, every studio has a corporate website, knowing how to navigate that, knowing who the players are. It's really important to do your homework and be prepared. One thing that I would suggest that I get quite often, I'm sure you all do also, I'll get a tremendous amount of emails that, hi, my name is X, Y, and Z. If you see of anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to no. see anything because right. I'm not looking not for looking. a job. Right. <laughs> so exactly. I'm never going to see anything. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I think one of the best advice also, don't email someone giving them work to do. Right. That's a good point. So I think that, you know, you would want to showcase yourself, introduce yourself. I think that's fabulous, but don't put the honest on me to. Uh, to do the work for to do you do all the work yes
1: and then you've moved on to working with simbad on his music festival yes i did and now, how did you land that gig from was it after college and then it was kind yes. of one of the first positions that you worked in how did you end up getting that yeah position?
2: after nike and it was going to be that they weren't opening up any other nike towns and the next step would have been to move to beaverton oregon because that's where they're based I wasn't moving to Beaverton, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to stay here. So a lot of what you'll hear, and I think that we all hear this word, oh, you have to network. You really do, especially within this business. And let me break that down just a little bit in the sense of that I knew, you start talking to people, you let them know what you want to do. I really want to be a publicist. I want to be an entertainment publicist. And when you're talking to people, people remember that that are in power positions that can help you secure those positions. So mm-hmm. with Sinbad, I heard that he was looking for a publicist. He At that time, he was doing a late-night talk show, mm-hmm. his movie, and then he did music festivals within the Caribbean on HBO. Mm-hmm. So he was really doing a lot in that space, and I knew someone who knew his sister. H- his business is all his family. I was like one of the only non-family members oh, wow. with a few other people that he has his brother who is manager, his other brother's is his accountant, his sister's is his publicist, his other sister is his head of development. So it was a very family atmosphere and I was able to break in and really cut my chops on entertainment PR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great.
3: We briefly talked about working at Nike. Uh-huh. Um, what are some of the biggest differences and challenges that you faced with working for a iconic athletic brand yeah. versus a music festival?
2: I think that they're so at polar opposites, but again, it boils down to raising the level of awareness. Mm-hmm. Mine was that at the at Nike, I wanted people to come in. This is your one-stop shopping to get all of your athletic wear and it had really great and it still does. It continues to do. I, I really support Nike all the way. They did a lot for my career. And with music festivals in the Caribbean, it, really broaden my base. Mm-hmm. So it broadened that who I was going to be speaking to. It broadened, okay, who am I going to s- pitch to secure interviews for the entertainers that are going to be performing on this stage. Yeah. And it really helped with international press. Right. So it really was able to, like with Nike, that's a global company. And I was able to break that down. So I think that there's some similarities there mm-hmm. with PR always, because I'm calling you because I want you to write something, I want you to put it on the air, I want you to do something, so there's a lot of barter. There's a give and take, you know, like I'll give you this person if you please interview this person. Um, There's a lot of that in in the business and you have to build those relationships, specifically with journalists. Don't always call When you need something, call just to, hey, how you doing? To say hello or, hey, I have this great guy. He's uh, he's blowing up. I really want you to interview him. But it's going to be that relationship that you and I have before that's going to make you say yes. And Mm -hmm.
1: you'll be remembered as well. Absolutely.
2: You have to be memorable. For the right reasons. For the right yeah. reasons. <laughs> there's an not, asterisk right there. Not for the TMZ reasons. Not for, for the, the t- right Exactly. Yeah. There's an asterisk at the end of that. You have to be, no. you want to be memorable for the right reasons.
1: And then you joined CBS in 2000 as a senior publicist. Yes. How did all your years of just working in publicity as far as like with the apparel, mm-hmm. uh, Nike, and then also with the music festival prepare you for your role as CBS? Because working in network televisions is a totally different arena from working yes. in athletic wear, or athletic brands, or even music. So how did that prepare you for that role?
2: It taught me, I think, and prepared me more so to effectively be able to communicate. I was able to communicate from any, any level whatsoever on what I wanted to do specifically, whether it was my personal career and or if it was going to be where I'm representing a show. At a network, as a publicist, you are the representative for that particular show, and you want everyone to know about it and watch it on... Mon, you know, Monday through Sunday <laughs> on those days. So mm-hmm. you definitely, I think that it really was able to uh, really give me the confidence to effectively communicate with anyone.
1: That's key.
3: Yeah. Yes. So your job specifically mm-hmm. is to make sure that talent is represented both in front of and behind the camera. Yes. Diverse talent. Yes. Uh, and when you were promoted this, to this position, it was actually a new position that you had pitched to your bosses. I did. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, why is your role specifically essential to a major studio like CBS?
2: I think that it all boils down. It's not a color thing in the sense of ethnicities. It's a green thing. If you want to make money within this century, you need to make sure that you're being inclusive as possible. So that's the reason that it's important. That if we're broadcasters, let's break that word down. What does the first part of it, broad? broad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you want to make sure that you are reaching the largest audience possible, and you know that advertising is what is stream is running those shows. That you want to make sure that you are being as inclusive and that everyone has a seat at the table mm-hmm. because then it obviously makes more money.
1: Yeah,
2: It really boils down to that simple point. And I, one of the things is that I really and truly encourage people to, uh, t- I think, to really, you hear, follow your dreams. Okay, right. well, how do I do that? Yeah. One of the things that I like to say a lot is be the CEO of you first. Mm. And for when I actually pitched this particular position, being a publicist helped because I pitch all day long. I'm Mm. trying to get someone to believe in whatever it is that I'm selling. And for this particular, I saw a need. And that's one of the things that whether you're an intern and or a CEO of a company, you see needs. This, I saw a really huge need for my particular position. And one day I walked, set a meeting with my boss, came in and I said, you know what? I don't think you realize how smart I am. You're not managing me effectively. This is what I want to do. So I think he was kind of taken back. Yeah, I was going to say first, what like, was your like, boss's yeah. reaction when you? You said know, that. he kind of sat back a little bit, but a little bit of a smile. I yeah. think that any effective boss would want to have that they inspired someone. That That's they true. that they that you didn't just have someone that was afraid of the boss. Mm-hmm. That I think that he was happy that I stepped up, yeah. and I did that. And to his credit. You know, it wasn't anything that happened overnight, let me tell you. It was another (laughs) two years before it actually happened, but I was patient. I kept my grind on, and I was persistent. Mm -hmm. I I really encourage everyone to be relentless in your pursuit. If this Mm -hmm. is really something you want to do, be relentless. Not annoying, not a stalker. (laughs) Be relentless, though. Study it, know what you're talking about, and create a need. If there's Mm -hmm. a need for something, and there was a huge one, and so I was able to, to make it happen. And I always do this. I pat myself Probably on the several back several times, times you know? Right, that's right. <laughs> and
1: some of the most successful people have built their own opportunities. So yes. it's not about the sitting and waiting game, as you're mentioning. No, you, you know?
2: can't. And I think that those days, you know, like, let's say, um, back in the D, back in Detroit, when you worked at the car <laughs> company, and you, were, you got that gold watch after 30 years, those days are gone. Those days are gone. They really are. Yeah. And no disrespect to that, that's great and and admirable. However, right now, if you want to really do something and you're not happy with what you do, you have to build your own it path. Yourself, Cause yeah. the, it's not going to do this. Who is it? Job, fame, right, fortune. It's exactly. not happening. Exactly. And that's the other thing. You have to be able to af- effectively negotiate for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. I think that even as ex- specifically for women, and then as women of color, we were going to wait for, I'm going to work hard, they're going to notice, notice me, <laughs> and they're going to come in with a big bag of money and put it on my desk. That is not happening. Mm-hmm. It really that's isn't. That's not the reality. No, yeah. it is not. So you have to be aggressive. You have to know your game and really, really put yourself out there. That's
3: so true.
1: And with all your experience, how do you go about picking your diverse talent that you Mm -hmm. select?
2: We have a diversity institute that has a writer's program, director's program, a showcase that is beyond fabulous and everyone needs to come in January. It's, and that's a comedic sketch comedy showcase where we have people who have participated in that that are on Saturday Night Live right now. We have another program that is really near and dear to my heart that I created. It's our CBS On Tour. Mm. And we take executives from the hallway. So these are not going to be actors, writers, and even our directors. They're going to be within our hallways that are executives drama development, comedy development, alternative, business affairs, finance, Hair and makeup. If you look at some of these hair and makeup bills that I sign, you're like, wow, <laughs> for 15 minutes of work, I can get this. And I think and we bring those into local colleges and universities. When you're mm. you, you don't, you're 18 years old. Do you really know what you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. I think that if you do have an example of someone that shows you, hey, you know, you're in law school, did you know that there's a person that negotiates those contracts? Mm. I'm that person. So I think when we expose them to the possibilities that are on that are in entertainment, because let let me tell you, everyone's not going to be an actor. Everyone's not going to be a writer, director, and or producer. There's a plethora of jobs that are available that I don't, that I'm not seeing people come into an interview yeah. for. Yeah. I just don't think that they think that they, that they exist.
1: And what yeah. would be an example of a job that is something that you feel like doesn't get fulfilled a lot of times? Because people publicist. want to oh, Publicist. Mm-hmm. okay.
2: Absolutely. And exp- with, pu- with publicist, men don't see a lot of male publicists. That's true. Absolutely. That true, yeah. There's not a lot of male publicists.
1: I feel like I'm starting to see a lot more male publicists as we're going, though. Is it is it changing a little bit? Or? It's cha-
2: absolutely. I mean, anything with anything that's progressing, it's definitely changing. But for the most part, it's still very female-dominated. Hmm. I
3: see your breakdowns all the time, so you guys definitely have yes. great exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you did with going to your boss and everything is very admirable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have the courage to mm-hmm, do something like true. that, to step up to their boss. Yeah. What is your advice for someone who might want a promotion and is mm-hmm. just too scared to ask for it?
2: The first thing I'd say, if you're too scared, you don't, you don't want that promotion that bad. Mm. You really don't. You have to, in the sense of you have your job, you're there. If you, do, if you know that you're doing your work, if you know that you are really about it, you obviously strategically have to think of, OK, Is this a good day? If your boss is in there ranting and raving and throwing things all over his or her desk, probably not the best time to go in (laughs) and ask. So you have to be strategic about it, Mm -hmm. but you really have to see, what do I want to do? Am I really giving, is this my best best? And have a plan. Don't come in and have them, well, I really want a promotion, for what? They're not there to figure it out for you. So to me, I think that if you come in and really research what you want to do, recognize a need, for your company and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know what? I've been working on this. I know that we do it this way. I found a cost-effective way. Or I found something that no one else is doing. In entertainment, everyone wants to know what no one else is exactly, doing. So You yeah. want to be the
1: exclusive you one. Want, oh, everyone yeah.
2: wants the exclusive. Yeah. I mean, especially in PR, we hear that all the time. Like, oh, we can't do the interview because it has to be exclusive. Yeah. Or don't <laughs> do that one because you have to come over here and do this first. So there's a lot of bartering. So I really think that, and that's I speak to people on informational interviews. A lot of people don't even know what an informational interview is. You can't when I talked about no one's unreachable, they really aren't. And nine times out of ten, you'd be surprised how many times people say yes if you ask. Yeah.
1: That's true. They really
2: And what's the And what can no they say? Is, no, or yeah. if you send an email and they don't write you back, okay then try someone else. Mm-hmm. So I really, really would encourage people do their homework, look on corporate sites, look for jobs that look like they're fun. There's so much information that can that is out there for you for people to see like, okay, that's what I want to do. Send someone an email. Mm -hmm. not most people like to talk about themselves. (laughs) Right? Especially
1: nowadays, yes. (laughs) With all their social media and every other kind of outlets. Absolutely.
2: So I think that it would behoove someone that hey, this is what I want to do, or it looks like it's fun. Like I used to think back in the day that MTV. I thought everyone wore roller skates around there. Like <laughs> oh, they're having so much fun over there. I want to work for MTV, just because it was a thought in yeah. my head. But you don't realize that. Oh, okay, let me look on their website. Oh, I see. Let me see this name. Usually, there's an email address mm-hmm. right there. Email them. You know what? Do you like have to lose? It's easy steps. People it don't realize. Really, how yeah, easy that the you. Steps and are. like I said, nine times out of ten, someone will want to share their story everyone usually has a hand that wants to go back and i think that the we use the adage each one teach one i'm a firm believer in that i really really am
1: and then after all your years of of kind of working with cbs Mm -hmm. what were some of the major changes that you feel you have brought to cbs that weren't there before
2: i think that a few of the like the cbs on tour that wasn't there before i think that being able to really raise the level of awareness that we do have an entertainment diversity department. We have a corporate diversity department that we are here, We are, and it's a conversation that is on every part of every level throughout our hallways, and I think that that's something that just didn't happen before. There isn't really, like, we know that when we're dealing with the Ku Klux Klan, we kind of know they don't like us, right? Right, Mm -hmm. So with this, it's really sometimes you're not even just thought of. So I think that that's the part where it's a little bit where oh, okay, now they know that, okay, you know what, there's something in this script, I don't think that this is quite right, let's call Tiffany. Or let's call someone else within that arena to help us with that. So I think that just really being able to have that presence, which definitely helped with the communications background.
3: Mm Now, did you always have a clear agenda of what changes you wanted to make or did you kind of learn a lot as you go?
2: You, uh, you learned a lot as you go, mm-hmm. absolutely. But there were, I mean, obviously the main goal is to secure diverse talent in front of as well as behind the camera. Right. That we want to be able to see ourselves reflected on screen as, and as well as with our writers. I really would encourage any aspiring writers out there, mm-hmm. a lot of people before the actors can act, they have to say words. Who wrote those words? words, A writer, and so you can shape that story as well. I mean, I know I did a study before where I was like, "Okay, where's the me on TV? Black woman married with a kid," and we're looking. It's not on Scandal. It's not Mm -hmm. here. It's not. I boiled down. I was Sanaa Lathan on the Cleveland Show. I was a (laughs) cartoon character. (laughs) So I want to see more of me on TV. I want to see more of other people. You know, that look like all 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 every all all of us absolutely as inclusive as possible.
1: And as you were implementing some of these changes, was do you feel like you got pushback from employees or pushback from CBS as far as like implementing new ideas? And no. It, they were pretty open to it?
2: They were very open to it, absolutely. I mean, especially with our chairman, Nina Tassler, she supported me from day one. And really, you know, even when I pitched this particular position, it was at the end of it, she said, we'd be stupid not to make this happen, wow. and that it happened. So no, I never received any resistance whatsoever, and it's always been oh, I didn't think about that, or yeah, that really expands our opportunities that we have in front of us, so no, I never was met with any resistance.
3: That's awesome. Mm It's a great environment to work in, very supportive and positive. Now, you mentioned this a little bit. You talked about um, the tour mentoring program, and you're the driving force behind that. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that program and how Mm -hmm. students can get involved with it.
2: We actually come to, so we actually bring our executives into local colleges and universities. So we have a relationship with, from coast to coast. I mean, obviously, I went to Howard, so I rep for Howard like they give me a check, (laughs) and they don't. You go back to (laughs) homecoming every year. Back <laughs> to yes, I do. I go back. I support. We, you know, do a lot of things with them. So a lot of the colleges, um, their career counselors will contact us and we will bring a package to their schools. So mm-hmm. if anyone wants that, they can contact me and would be happy to come uh, to their schools.
1: And then you also, you mentioned a little bit earlier about networking being key as well with yes. internships. And you did an article in Variety where they quoted mm-hmm. you, and you were saying, you know, the key to getting positions is network, yes. network, network. Mm-hmm. What If someone's entering into the business, or maybe they're in the business and mm-hmm. they want to change their career, yes. what efficient ways do you say or would you suggest that they need to network, or how do they go about doing it?
2: I think that one of the ways, I mean, we had discussed a little bit earlier by You can cold cold email someone. You can cold call someone. And also, you want to make friends with those assistants also because that's that's the key also. They know the calendar. That's how you kind of get in there. So you want to do that as well. Also, don't take for granted any sort of clubs or memberships that can help you. Like for me, I'm in the Black Public Relations Society of America. That is a really a Great group that will showcase. There's jobs, networking events. I mean, they really host a lot of those. So there's mixers. You have to be able to put yourself out there and you have to let people know. That's the other thing. Like, as much as people use Twitter and Facebook, You have to be able to use those to showcase what you want to do also. Mm -hmm. Hey, does anyone know such and such? If it's out there, someone might know someone and that they can introduce you. So network, yes, I believe that it's a very cliche word and it's not really broken down. Well, how do I do that? You have to put yourself out there. What mixers are you going to? And specifically knowing what you want to do, because that's the other thing. When I have a lot of the informational interviews, we kind of break down, OK, so what is it that you want to do? Well, I can kind of do everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and that's why you'll get nothing. nothing. That's too general. Right. It's yeah. way too general. Yeah. So you have to really kind of break that down. And it's very easy to find out things or particular jobs to see, OK, now what does this person do? You can read online. You can go to their corporate website. You can mm-hmm. read the job description. And that's one other great tip. You have to have your resume please no typos, please make sure Mm -hmm. that the font matches. That's one of the things, like, I know that we copy and paste a lot, and then the font messes up, but make sure that you have a few different resumes for particular jobs, because Mm. it's not back in the day where someone is, it's coming on off of a fax, and someone's physically reading it. A computer is now pulling Pulling those websites, uh, or, I'm sorry, your resumes, and when they you're, they're looking for buzzwords in there. So th- if you look at the job description and it'll say cre- looking for whatever that it is. A Use some type. of the yeah. a creative type yeah. or a publicist or a communications or an assistant or whatever that it is. Utilize some of those words that's in the job description in your resume. Right. Mm. It'll get it pulled.
3: Well, you know, there's also a belief out there that, you know, when you're applying for jobs and things mm-hmm. like that, if you contact someone directly that that mm-hmm. automatically takes you out of the running. You know, a lot of job postings and whatnot will say, do not contact directly. Is that true for a lot of executives or...
2: Yeah, if it says emphatically, do not, then you probably should follow that particular rule. Mm -hmm. However, you might know someone who works at that company that you're able to, because a lot of times, someone will give me, hey, you know what, I know someone, they're fabulous, word of mouth is still your best bet. It really, really is. So sometimes, if it says emphatically, do not do it, then I wouldn't personally, but I do think that I would find other avenues to get that resume seen. Right.
3: Well, one of your favorite mottos is, everything Mm -hmm. is better with diversity sprinkled on top. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell
2: us how that originated. And another, there's a little asterisk with that, because I don't mean only sprinkled. I'm just saying that (laughs) nine times out of ten, my first job was Baskin-Robbins, 31 flavors. No one ever (laughs) came in and just had a, can I have a scoop of vanilla? They always put something else on it. And so I really, it's a little bit of an adage that, to me, it makes it better. It makes the conversation more interesting. It really, it enlightens. And again, I know that television isn't, let's say, the we don't have to be historically accurate. It is escapism. But we really want to make sure that we—that everyone has a seat at the table, yeah. because it really does make it that better. So with that, I really think that that's where the quote comes from, yeah. that yeah, it does make it better. I mean, we like I always say, going out for sushi isn't celebrating diversity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. And what's been the most fulfilling part of your job? I mean, you, you inspire and help so many people, and mm-hmm. obviously you're really great at what you do, but what's your most fulfilling part at the end of the day when you leave your job on the, during the week?
2: I think that knowing that I was a part of helping someone achieve the next step within their career, and just knowing that it wasn't just, because there's so many times that you hear, and I think that even with our friend, oh, I hate my job.
3: Yeah. I love my
2: job. I love it. I really feel that being able to really be able to touch someone. And the other part of that, not only just the helping, then, OK, I think that that's my duty as a as a human being. But beyond that is that maybe I enlighten someone. Maybe there was something that within a certain script that an executive producer wanted to use. And the term was just so outdated. And, and I always call it a cheap pop, like specifically in comedy, sometimes that when diverse people are in comedies their ethnicity or sexual orientation disability whatever that it might be supersedes their character Mm -hmm. so many of the time so one i say don't be lazy do better like you got a show on the air do better be smarter that's when you look at all of like with the cosby show why did everyone like that show because it was smart, yeah, it was and it had smart. great writing. So don't just go for the cheap pop. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, but being able to really enlighten and really kind of shed a light is is, an, is very important to me.
1: And do you think that's what's key to stand at the top of your game in PR? Absolutely. Just with so much competition, and just to kind of keep your network in the eyes and of yes. everyone, and everyone loving the network, it's that Absolutely. key.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely and you want it to be one of the things where it, that everyone is able to watch it also. Mm-hmm. you want to make sure that there for certain certain shows people love NCIS or NCIS Los Angeles or The Good Wife. you know, just how people are so passionate about scandal. Mm-hmm. I want that about for all of our shows on the network right. and for someone to feel that they can see themselves. Right. It's a big deal. It really is I mean just like when I said, I saw Jane Kennedy on the sidelines when doing uh, being a commentator, I wanted to do that. And I want to do that for our youngins coming up also. I really think that that's important, that they have a voice. And it's not just, oh, that's going to be the criminal. And I I know some of us are criminals. I get it. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) saying that every role for diverse people has to be perfect. Right. I'm just saying that we would, we've would we had, like, there's a little bit of disparity. There's been so much of on the negative side. Can't we have a little bit of a more level right. level playing yeah. field? Right.
3: I a little balance. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: yes, absolutely. I love that.
3: Well, you've been in PR for a while now, and yes. you've had so many great accomplishments. Mm-hmm. What is the single best piece of advice that you've received that you've applied to your own career?
2: I've received so much advice from everyone because I feel that, uh, no matter who I speak to, I feel that I can take something away from them, but one of the best advice, I think, that came from my Uncle Jimmy, and he was a chef, and like a self-taught chef, so you see that there's been a lot of that in my life, the influence of, okay, that we can just do it ourselves, and I love being able to just do it yourself, but the single most important, I think, piece of advice is just instilling that you can do it if you prepare yourself for it, Mm -hmm. and you put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to put yourself, you have to let it be known. So you have to be your own publicist in the sense of putting it out there. You really, really do. And I think that when you do get a new job or an internship, make sure that you're memorable for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. like I said, but really being able to showcase something that no one else is doing. You Mm -hmm. know, that was one of those that he always said, show up early, stay late, whatever that is, even if they ask you, go get my lunch, I'll be, I'm going. You know, so what I think you that want? that's <laughs> what it is. What do you want? How can I do this? I'm going to be memorable, mm-hmm. and don't change who the essence of who you are. I either. You know that if you really, one of the things that I remember an executive telling me once was, you smile too much.
1: You smile too much. Did you
2: smile too much? And
1: what was your reaction <laughs> to that?
2: I just kept smiling. kept smiling I really did because wow. it really you was I could see that you know not everyone is placed in your life for good but it's a great cool. lesson yeah. you know it was a great lesson for me like let me keep my eye on you mm-hmm. because I'm not going to change that about about me I do right. have certain that I was raised properly and I am gonna smile and I am going to say good morning but there's so much of that I mean we spend how much how much of our days are at work you do that probably more than sleeping. Mm-hmm. Other, than, other than sleeping, you're probably at work. So yeah. let's make sure that you are memorable and that you are have some sort of common courtesy for one another.
1: Yeah. And what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that people make when entering PR or mm-hmm. um, just trying to kind of transition into that world?
2: Trying to please everyone at the same time and not really focusing on what the job is. So a lot of the time they'll spend chit-chatting with other people and trying to take from what they do as opposed to building their own their own rock and their own space within that pr department you have to be able to come with you were hired for a reason they saw something in you make sure that you stick to that
3: Hmm. what would you like to concur next in your career
2: I really really i 'm not done yet, and that 's the, the specifically within this space right here that i 'm not done within diversity. I really feel that yes there's a, much has been done, but they always say, but we have a long way to go, and i am happy that i 'm doing it it 's one of the things that um when you feel that you are almost broken sometimes you know there 's mm-hmm. been some times where I feel like, why am I doing this? No one cares, yeah. no yeah. one cares, and I remember my husband said the best three words kind of to me that in the sense, I'm ranting and raving, like, just had one of those horrible days where you can't shut up about how horrible stuff <laughs> yeah. is. And I, but why am I doing this? No one cares about diversity. It's all, you know, it was just horrible. And he said, at least you're there. And walked out. And I was like, yeah. I least, like wow. that. I was you like, know? I
1: mean, that's what, what do you say after that? You don't. It, he <laughs> yeah. shut it
2: down. Yeah, he shut it down. <laughs> it did. It, but it made me really realize, like, wow, it, I am there. And I do have a voice. And I'm utilizing that. And really showing that exposure. So yeah, at least you're there and like walked that. out. So I, like, I think hey. I
1: think I actually might steal that and use it. You should. So that. Like you that.
2: should put you in your place. Put you in your place. Yes.
1: <laughs> now, if you could use one word to describe your career to date, mm-hmm. what would it be?
2: Groundbreaking.
1: Ooh, I that's love good that. One. I yeah. love that one.
2: Yeah, groundbreaking. Absolutely. Anyone that can create their own position and not—that's the other part. I haven't even, there's some really good news also that not only did I create my own position, but now I have my own department. I just, I have a manager now. I have an assistant. Like I I convinced a network to do this. And then even when I left the office, when she was like, let's do this, you know, here, you've been kind of given the keys. I called my husband. I was like, they said, yes."
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I told you. (laughs) Exactly.
2: he's like, yeah, great. Now go do it.
1: Right. Now the fun begins. Then now
2: the fun begins, yeah. And some days aren't so fun, but that's why it's called work and not Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: That's true. <laughs> right? Well, so congratulations cool. for all Thank of your you. accomplishments. I mean, I just I feel like I've learned so much. So just inspiring. In, yeah. So inspiring and so much about PR and just diversity and, and ways, just great tips for people to have uh, mm-hmm. when they're trying to enter the business or transition into a different part of their, yes. their career. Where can your fans or mm-hmm. people who are interested in knowing more about you find you on social media outlets?
2: Um, on Twitter, at T Smith Onawaii, and that's A-N-O-A-I. And then my website, I'm sorry, I don't have a website. I was going say my email address. Email me. I answer every email, tiffany.smith at cbs.com.
1: She's one of those very I few people that. who do answer all yes. emails.
2: I do. I Please do answer. Contact. Right.
3: Please <laughs> do. That's key.
1: Jessica, where can people find you?
3: Find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King.
1: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Daryl Kristen. Thank you for tuning in to Breaking Into. We will see you next time.